Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Doug Brown. He's an executive coach who helps lawyers, consultants, and coaches get more clients and make more money. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So can you share your journey with us and how you became an executive coach? Yeah. You know, the journey, when I'm looking back on it, it seems like I was kind of destined to do the work with smart and successful people and helping them build profitable businesses and careers. You know, I, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. So I learned early on about resilience and overcoming hardship and tenacity and not settling for anything. And that helped me start my career as a lawyer. I was a lawyer in a, in a great firm and I learned lots of things, including what life was like to be a lawyer. My entrepreneurial juices were just dying for something else. And so I had an opportunity. I moved in-house at a corporation so then I got to get involved in the business side of things. I wasn't just limited by the outside lawyers, legal advice. And then as we grew that business from 30 to $300 million, I got to work in all the corporate disciplines. I, I, I led HR, I led divisions, I did sales and marketing. So I kind of learned all the things you never learned in law school about how to grow a business, including importantly, you know, HR and the people side of things. And then when we were acquired by a global company, I got a chance to be a global vice president and jet all over the world until I decided that wasn't for me either. I wanted to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. And I was very excited. I went through a transition in August of 2008. And then September of 2008 happened, which was the one of the times the market just fell apart. But I landed on my feet. I found myself as a full-time professor and program chair of innovation, entrepreneurship, and leadership because of all my experience at the Malcolm Baldrige School of Business and the MBA program. So that's where I learned how to take everything I know and the, really the, the pedagogy of teaching adults and a lot of the theoretical things about change management leadership that I just kind of intuitively knew. And that's when I started coaching. And then I got recruited to turn around the Connecticut Bar Association as the Lawyers Trade Association in Connecticut needed some serious help. So I did that for four years. We helped them reinvent them themselves. And then a good friend asked me to join him in his fourth generation, $30 million jewelry business to help him transition it to his daughters. And so I did that. And so I went from lawyers to retail. I said, you know, I'm, I'm ready to just go do the coaching full time. And I became a Book Yourself Solid Certified Coach, which in addition to my MBA credentials gives me everything that I need. And then I got to work with my, one of my coaches, Walt Hampton, in Summit Success. We believe the same things. We teach the same things. And so I, I'm doing exactly the work that seems like I was meant to do with that long and tortured journey that I described, because the common theme was helping uh, turn people and organizations around and reach their potential. And so now I get to do that with exactly the clients I love to work with. So it was a long story. Thank you for hanging in there with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's great, especially because our journeys are not a straight line ever, no, no, you know, no. and I love when people tell their a little bit more of their story and where they came from, because it helps you realize what it takes to get to where you are. So what are some yeah. of the top issues that keep many from success that they desire? 
I, I love this question because, well, there are so many to choose from. We could like do a whole hour on that. But the, the ones I wanted to focus on, a good friend of mine shared this with me back when I was in the logistics days. It's what I, we call FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And so people who want to be more successful, well, one, they haven't really allowed themselves to decide what success looks like. They've just been doing what they fell into. Many lawyers are in that, that boat. They just became lawyers and just they're doing it. And then they're afraid of change. They don't know how. They're used to being smart subject matter experts. So they fear making mistakes. Maybe they're not good enough. Maybe this is the only thing they're qualified to do. And then as they consider these things, they don't have a roadmap. There's, they don't have a guide they trust who can help them really do the inner exploration and then define what success actually looks like. It's, it's not, for most people that I work with, it's not about how much money you make. It's about the impact you, know, you have in the world and that's connected with your purpose. They're, the thing that really holds people back, we were talking about this before we went on there, was you know, most of us decide what profession or what business we're going to be in somewhere in our 20s. And then we work our you-know-what's off and we get successful at it. And then here I am in 50, just turned 56. I went into coaching at 52 full time. And you're much better equipped in your 50s to make really good decisions about your future. But people are locked in to what they decided 30 years ago for all kinds of reasons, including what will people think if yeah. I make a change or if I decide to do something different, maybe that was a mistake. And I shared my path. None of that was a mistake. I may not have known at the time where it was leading, but I use all those lessons every day. So if giving yourself the number one thing that keep people from having the success they desire is they don't give themselves permission to explore and imagine what that success would look like. So they could, they're constrained by what they know. Yeah, definitely. So how can professionals start to let go of control and why is that important? Boy, you know what? I do a lot of speaking to bar associations and executive groups, and I talk about this a lot. And so I'll ask the question in the room, who, who in the room is a control freak? And of course, I'll raise my hand and everybody else's hands goes up. And sometimes people put two hands up because they <laughs> really like to be in control. So for me, it's not about letting go of control, but it's about making better choices and being intentional about what you control and what your scope of control is. And that's the first step is most successful people have so much coming at them and so much going on. And then they try to control everything. You, when you really take a step back and think about it, there's not that much you actually have control over. You have control of how you respond to the world around you. You have control of certain things in your world, but most of the stuff that frustrates us the most, we don't have control over. And the problem is we don't like that. It's a hard time, except we have a hard time accepting that we don't control something because that's like saying, well, it's okay. No, accepting is just accepting <laughs> the reality that you don't control that thing. You don't control the guy that cut in front of you at the Starbucks line. You don't control the employee who called in sick. You don't control the customer who ghosted you. 
None of those things you control. But when you realize what you do control, then you can decide how to respond. I use this analogy because when he was in college, my son was a firefighter. And we, we don't notice we call firefighters and police officers and ambulance and medical professionals. We don't call them first reactors. We call them first responders because they have trained. They know what situations are going to come up, even though they don't control them. And they have um, conditioned themselves to respond in a productive way. And, and that's important because our need to over control stuff leads to lots of bad stuff. It leads to burnout, micromanagement of your people, which burns them out. Business culture where you can't retain people or attract people, not to mention issues with family, children, spouses, parents. And then when you're in that place trying to control everything, you don't have the creativity or energy you need to solve your problems. Yeah. So, so the need to be in control and, and just accepting that this is what I can control and focusing on that is, is, is critical. So you can be in control. It's an interesting that the harder you grip, you know, if, if you're playing a sport, I, I play golf, I don't play very well, but if uh, I talk to golfers, the harder you grip the golf club and the more tense you are, the worse the swing is. When you can relax and trust, you get much better outcome. Yeah, that's really good. I heard a, a saying that says the more uncertainty that you can bear or be happy with, the happier you will be. And also if you are trying to control everything, you're stressed out, you can't make good decisions at all right. because you're because you're freaking out, right? Well, yeah, because the part of our brain that kept us alive when we were being chased by tigers, our fear, fight, or flee response is in between the world and your thinking brain. So if, if that is firing all the time, you, you never get to use your thinking brain. And that, that's what allows the firefighters to have the courage that they do is because they have repeatedly exposed themselves to dangerous and scary situations they have learned how to adapt and respond. So it's not when they're going to a burning building that they're not fearful. It's just, they have the strategies to deal with it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's so important because while you're busy freaking out, you're not being productive for yourself or someone else. So sometimes yeah. you just got to call a timeout on yourself and, and give yourself some space. <laughs> so true. I'm laughing because I can relate. <laughs> So how do you help professionals with purpose, priority, and power? Well, over the years, as I've put myself into business situations that are like, that's not going to be possible to fix that. Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. I kind of discovered a formula, a couple of them actually, that kind of worked as a guide. And I call it the PACER formula. So it starts with P, which is for purpose. And purpose gives you power. And when you have purpose and power, you can set proper priorities. Wow, that's a lot of Ps. Uh, <laughs> so when somebody's looking for more money, time, and freedom and flexibility in their business, we ground their work in their purpose and their values. What, why, why do you do this business in the first place? What problems do you solve? What difference do you want to make? If someone is dissatisfied in their career and is thinking about a, a, a career change, well, what exactly are you dissatisfied with? 
What's your experience with change? And when we get clear on what the purpose is, then that kind of creates the foundation. So in my work, I work with a select group of people and I go very deep with them. And through a series of interviews and assessments, we do real concrete work to take this or morph this idea of purpose and really ground it in the decisions that you make every day about your priorities and things that give you energy and consume your energy. And that helps us work with the rest of that, what I call the pacer formula, which is, you know, P is for purpose, A is for attention and action, C is for consistency, community, and having a coach. I've had coaches all along. I wish I had a coach earlier. E is for energy, physical, mental, and emotional energy, kind of the amorphous concept, but it's really concrete when you get into it. And then R is for rest, resilience, and recovery. And those are the kind of the, whenever somebody is stuck, then there's that's a symptom of a larger problem. There's some misalignment where they're not clear on their purpose. They become all about the money or pleasing other people or they're not paying attention to the right things, or they're not in action, or they're being inconsistent, or their energy is terrible, and maybe they haven't rested enough. So when you look at those things together, it, it's like focusing the garden hose or the fire hose. The more focused it is, the more powerful it is. So what's the secret to have more time and balance? You've got great questions because they're like, <laughs> they, they could each be like an hour. I've I've kind of gone away from the balance idea because if you think about the Olympics and gymnastics, balance is like the balance beam, right? Well, when you're trying to stand still, it's very hard to balance. What, what this is really is, is the idea of time and balance is more about integration of, of how you choose to use the time, how you allow yourself and create space for you to have time with your family and the other things that are important to you. So the secret that I've found, and this has worked for me, and another thing I wish I had learned earlier, is to be more mindful and aware of the choices that we're making about time. What I said earlier about what we control and what we don't. And most people who are very successful have taken on a lot. They, they got to the place where they are growing up through their career by saying yes to a lot of things and being really good at them. And we have a whole program on this, the power principles of time mastery. And my favorite one, and for the people pleasers and the overachievers and the over deliverers, it's the idea that no is a complete sentence. And having more time and balance is about saying no to things. I have a, a client, Bonnie, who she wants to help everybody. She's a family lawyer in the Midwest, and she wants to take all these clients on because she's a great soul and she's not afraid to work hard. And we've worked on, you know, when you say yes to everybody's coming in, you're saying no to yourself and to the people that you've already made commitments to. So if you look at your list of commitments and things that you have imagined or otherwise, I like to say, start, if you want to have more time and balance, make a stop doing list. What are the things that you could do that you could say no to? Because when you say no to other things, you're saying yes to yourself. When I talk to people about this, they'll say, well, I've been on this board for 20 years. And, and what do people think if I finally 
resign. I said, they might think that you're tired and you want to give somebody else an opportunity. And so I'll, I actually give them the words they can use and the, the way they can gracefully extract themselves from all that obligation that they're just doing out of habit because they feel like they have to. Yeah. And whenever they do, they feel so much more freedom and the organization winds up being better. So saying no to something doesn't mean it was a mistake to do it. It doesn't mean it wasn't valuable. It just means that it's time to move on. Yeah, that's so important to shift. So what are the areas that businesses struggle to scale? The big thing that I've seen working with businesses where the founder's in charge, working with lawyers and small businesses, is the individual founder's effort has been the thing that has made the business successful. Everything revolves around them. They make the decisions. They've got the strategy. And they bring support staff around them, but they're the hub of the wheel. And the problem is the hub can only spin so fast before the bearings give out. So the, the struggle they have to scale is making themselves less vital to their business, which means allowing yourself to put in processes and procedures without worrying that there's somehow every client is different and I can't have a process for that because each thing is unique. It's not. And then learning how to delegate to other people around them so they can elevate to what they ought to be doing. One of my early clients was an insurance broker. He's a, a very energetic guy, a really good friend. And he was frustrated with his team because they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And all he wanted to do was go out and be the salesperson because that was his gift. That's his value to his business, his relationships. So when I went in and worked with him and then I talked to the team, I found out that they loved him. They just didn't know what it was going to take to make him happy because he kept changing his mind all the time <laughs> because that's who he was. So once we worked through that and they learned how to communicate with each other and he learned to trust them, he was able to scale his business. He eventually sold his business and became president of the company that acquired his insurance brokerage. But it's because... He focused where he had the most value to the business and he found a way to get out of his own way and the way of his team on the other things. And that's the biggest struggle is I kind of call it going from being the founder to allowing yourself to be the CEO of your business, where you have people around you and you trust them to make good decisions because you've trained them properly and they have an understanding of what the ground rules are. Yeah. And it goes back to the letting go of the control as well. Yeah. And what's funny is people think they get more control by doing it themselves. And that's actually a myth because and people will hang on to, I've got to do my books because I have to control them. So I can, I can do that myself, but do you like doing it? No. Are you good at it? <laughs> no. Are you actually doing it? No, not really. Okay. So what if we created your expectations into a guide or procedure and SOP. And then you hired a person and then they had to prove to you they were following those procedures. And then their job would be to collect your accounts receivable, to get your billing out on time, to make sure your people were paid and you were getting the discounts you were entitled for proper payment. Would that make you feel more in control? Oh yeah. Okay. So let's give that a go. And very, it's very difficult to give that up. But when you 
create those routines and processes, you actually get more control because now somebody's actually doing it. Yeah. It actually gets done. Mm-hmm. So what and done is properly. The, yeah. And yeah. And done properly. I think even when I started my business right out the gate, I started to hire people and there's things that I thought I've been doing this for years. I'm good, but I, I was able to find people that are better than me on things that I really shouldn't be focused on and shouldn't be doing. And the relief of finding somebody that's good that can take over is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We say, you know, sometimes we should be asking not how to do something, but who should be doing it for us. Yeah, definitely. So what is the consultant success formula? So um, just like I've had my journey, the founder of Summit Success, Walt Hampton has had his journey and the consultant success formula is a program that he's put together we call it kind of business school for the online world. So it's a comprehensive roadmap. We think it's the most comprehensive on the market for taking the background and experience that professionals have and creating a business that will set you free. So nice. if you want to be go dive into consulting, the consultant success formula is for you. If you have a business that you feel like, you know, I got to shore up my foundation and, and really you know, I've been successful, but I really need to take it to the next level. The formula, the business school for the online world will help you with that too. So it's, it's a program that allows people to access people like Walt and I, there's an online program with a, with different levels of coaching to make sure that you actually do it, including a a community that meets twice a month, which is just an amazingly powerful community of, of driven entrepreneurs. So I'll give you a link to that. You can put in the show notes if people want to learn more about that. Okay, perfect. And how do you help professionals get their books published and seen? Yeah, Walt's uh, wife, Ann Shabani, is a Harvard-educated and uh, published author. And so one of our divisions is Summit Press Publishers. It's a boutique publisher. We specialize in highly polished business books. We don't do books that are just fancy business cards. Our authors are authorities in their area of expertise, and we get them a high return on investment for their books. So we give them marketing and distribution expertise in book launches, bestseller campaigns, podcast tours. And so the focus isn't just the book, but it's the creation of the products and programs that all go along with that. So they, it isn't just this thing you have and you hand out at, you know, as a business card. And so Summit Press is different from traditional publishing because we don't require formal book proposals. We get authors to market in months, not years. And then they get creative and editorial control. They get above average royalty payouts and they keep all of their intellectual property. So it's a nice addition to our professional development, coaching and consulting practice, because so many of our people say, you know, I've I've got this book in me. Yeah. And then Summit Press Publishers can help with that. That's great. Can you share some of your client success stories? Yes, I can share success stories where clients have given me permission (laughs) to share success stories because everything I do, I work with a select number of clients. We go deep and everything's confidential. So, so the ones that I can share with you are the ones that, so there was, there's a bunch. One of my favorite longtime clients is Paul. He's a, a lawyer who runs a specialty practice. He came to me many years ago because he needed to learn how to scale that we talked about and how to refine his marketing, his niche. So we worked on that. And then he came back 
because he was having success in that and he needed to kind of take his business to the next level. So he was able to do that, runs a very a thriving aviation law practice. Another client, Tommy, super busy, ex-military, came to me because he saw our time management program. And so we worked on that. And then we worked on everything from systems and processes so that he could not be so central and having to do everything himself. So he was able to start living a much better life and have more time with his family. David was a lawyer who was working on what's next for his firm. And my favorite part of work, we worked a lot on intention and mindfulness and time management and, and attention. And my favorite, that we were probably about eight weeks in and we got on the phone because we talk every other week and I'm available between times. And he said, you know, so I asked him to begin. I said, what's going on? What's your thoughts coming in? He says, you know, the other day, my wife said, I'm a better person to be around since we worked together. What? That's not what we're working on. He's like, yeah, but since I am doing the stuff you said, I'm just a better, when I show up at home, I'm better with the kids. I'm better with her. I'm more relaxed. And I felt like that was a real success story because that's not just his business. You know, that's his life. Yeah. So, you know, those are, those are lawyer stories. I worked with Scott. He had just bought a business. He was a sales guy and an engineer, and he needed to learn how to be a CEO of this new business he had bought. And we were very successful with him. He grew, grew the business by 30% in the first year after he bought it. Wow. And then I've worked with people making career change like Wendy and Julia that needed to make massive change and they needed somebody to help them figure out not just how to do it, but what did they want to go after? Where was their value? What was their real purpose? And then what things would work for them? And in each of the cases, when they finally found their thing, one of them got 10,000 more than they were offering. Another person got more than that because they were anchored in their value. That's a few of my favorites. So let me ask you this. What piece of advice would you give yourself when you first started out? Well, I'm so much smarter now. I sure I would have given myself good advice, uh, <laughs> but I think it would have been about pacing myself and that formula that I described. Yeah. I wish I had discovered that sooner and be mindful about taking care of myself because I, I put my whole self out there at a breakneck pace. And there were times when I just couldn't do some of the stuff I was describing yeah. because I was so busy in it all the time and I picked up mindfulness earlier and more aware of that pacer formula, then I would have been able to take out the head trash that got in my way. Yeah. Because, you know, I look at it and now I say, at the end of the day, this is about the difference you make in people's lives and the impact you have. Nobody really cares how much money you make or how big you made the company. So for me, it's about helping people find their best career and their best life because they, they kind of go together and you can actually have it. And you shouldn't have to go through your whole career wondering what if. Yeah, definitely. If there is somebody that is listening that would love to work with you, what's the best way to contact you? Well, my direct email is Doug at summit dash. That's a hyphen success.com. I also will have a page where I can share with your listeners some of the things that I talked about, including uh, my <clears throat> tips on how to tame your to-do list and how to say no without being negative. So if your listeners go to summit dash, that's hyphen success.com forward slash thrive podcast, 
mm-hmm. then there'll be a page there where they can download those resources and get in touch. Okay, perfect. And I'll put those links down below. Doug, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. Thanks so much for having me. I so enjoyed uh, meeting you and uh, getting a chance to tell my story. Yeah, definitely. If you're listening, you want more information about this podcast or upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone and have a